Here's the take. The Chicago Bears should trade this year's number one overall pick. I've seen the chatter on TV and in various articles over the past few weeks. The speculating about where Fields will be traded to. The endless photoshops of him in Team XYZ's jersey. I get it. And I am well aware that at this point, the general feeling is Fields will be traded. But I wouldn't expect to see a trade of either Fields or the top pick until we get closer to the draft. We only just finished the combine. Then you have the pro day cycle, team interviews. I just don't see the Bears or whoever the trade partner would be having anything to gain in the near term. If I had to guess, we're looking at maybe early to mid-April on that transaction. But here's why I say keep Fields in 2024 and trade that top pick, regardless of the fact that that seems to now not be the popular decision. Flashback to last year. The Bears got a haul. Polls completely fleeced Tepper and the Panthers. And let's be real, it was Tepper. We've seen how he operates. Scott Fitterer, who was the Panthers' general manager at the time, did not just pull that trade idea out of thin air. The guy was not going rogue. And look, to be fair, the head honcho is absolutely going to weigh in on a decision involving the number one overall, regardless of which organization you're talking about. But we've seen enough of a sample size to know just how impulsive Tepper is. And I think last year's trade is a perfect example of how far that impulsivity can set you back as an organization. Now, it's easy for me to sit here and play the result, especially when you consider how this past season just went for Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But my criticism is how much Carolina traded. In a year where we didn't really have the quote-unquote generational talent, it wasn't like John Elway or Andrew Luck was in the 2023 draft. But think about this. If the Panthers would have drafted C.J. Stroud, Who's to say Stroud would look anything like the guy we just saw win the Rookie of the Year in Houston if he was playing in that Carolina offense? That offensive line is dreadful. They also have zero explosive players. They don't have a Tank Dell or a Nico Collins or Dalton Schultz. Chuba Hubbard isn't as good as Devin Singletary. And like I just said, if you don't have at least average offensive line play and you have no playmakers at the skills... You have no chance. C.J. Stroud is very fortunate that franchise didn't take him last year. I can tell you that. Here were the terms of the trade. The Panthers traded D.J. Moore, as well as their 2023 ninth overall pick, their 2023 second round pick, a 2024 first round pick, which ended up turning into this year's top overall pick, and then a second round pick in the 2025 draft. All for Bryce Young. They didn't get any players or draft picks back. Like, how do you not get at least like a fourth or a fifth last year or in this upcoming draft? Another way to look at it would be the Bears gave up nothing and in return got a stud wide receiver in DJ Moore at a team friendly number, by the way, relative to his production. Um, a bunch of high draft picks across three drafts, including this year's top overall pick. Bravo, Ryan Poles. That is about as good as you can do it. Now, here's my reasoning for, once again, 
trading that top pick versus staying put and drafting Caleb Williams. Stating the obvious, Justin Fields has not been Mr. Consistent. Far from it. What I am interested in seeing over the course of the next four to six weeks is how exactly Ryan Poles manages this opportunity. They have an existing quarterback under contract. Now, while he's still somewhat of a question mark, he's nonetheless shown flashes. And like I said, he is under contract. And then on top of that, you hold the number one overall pick. Every single season, there is always a demand for the next guy, specifically at the quarterback position. And that sense of urgency only increases the closer and closer we get to the draft. We see that general pattern every year. I think the Bears are better off just keeping it simple. Pick up Justin Fields' fifth-year option. The deadline to do so is a couple months from now, May 2nd to be exact. And the reason you pick up that fifth-year option is, for starters, to guarantee that Fields is under team control for the next two seasons and at a team-friendly number. I won't get too into the weeds on all of the calculations and different permutations for the 2021 fifth-year options, but it will come in at about $25-ish million owed to Justin Fields for the 2025 season. Well, for 2024, the final year of his rookie deal, he's only owed about $6 million. So if they pick up his fifth-year option, you're talking about $31 million for the next two years combined. Now, for context, I'll remind you, the Giants paid Daniel Jones $40 million last year and still owe him another $40 million this year. How's that looking right now? Would you rather have one year of Daniel Jones at $40 million or two years of Fields at thirty-one? Look, here's a fact. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. What the Bears would get in return for this year's number one pick is substantially better than what they would get from any team that would potentially make a trade for Fields. It's not even close. Consider this. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are viewed as among the best in the business. That is a high-level organization led by elite shot callers. They traded three firsts for Trey Lance. It is crazy to think that regime traded that much draft capital to ultimately take a flyer on a 1AA guy at the number three pick. Outside of NFL scouts, nobody knew who Trey Lance was prior to that 2021 draft cycle. He wasn't a name. Caleb Williams has been a star for three years. Guy won the Heisman Trophy. So if the 49ers were willing to give up that much for the number three pick in 2021, when they knew they had no shot to get Trevor Lawrence, remember it was a foregone conclusion that year that he was going to go number one overall, just imagine what some teams would be willing to trade this year for the number one overall pick. I just do not see any trade package coming back that would not include, at the very least, two ones and two twos across this year and next. And maybe even a player or two. Who knows? Depending how desperate a team is or how much they are convinced Caleb Williams is their guy, maybe even more than that. So the other aspect to this is, it would give the Bears tremendous flexibility headed into the 2025 offseason. Hear me out on this. Let's say Fields has an above average to great 2024 season. They still wouldn't be in a position where they absolutely 
have to pay Fields next offseason because they've already picked up his fifth-year option. So he'd be under contract, like I said, for about $25 million. That's like half of what the top quarterback contracts are on a per-year basis. Look, if he ends up playing lights out, it would be very unlikely that they would have him play on the fifth-year number, but it would at the very least keep the relationship cordial while they negotiated an extension. On the flip side, if he plays poorly, and after 2024, their conclusion is Fields is simply not their guy in Chicago, they would have a massive amount of draft capital to play with going into 2025. Here is the 2024 draft order as it stands right now. So this upcoming draft. One, Bears. Two, Commanders. Three, Patriots. Four, Cardinals. They're not trading Murray. Five, Chargers. They're not trading Herbert. Uh, Six, Giants. They're pretty much stuck in check by the aforementioned Daniel Jones deal. And then you've got seventh, Titans. Eighth, Falcons. Nine is the Bears again. And 10 is the Jets. And obviously, they're not going to make a move there with with that Rodgers contract. Let's condense that list to Commanders, Patriots, Titans, Falcons. If you drop Caleb Williams into the QB1 spot on any of those teams, how good are they going to be in 2024, realistically? Now, I know you could point to Stroud and the Texans from this past season, but that's an outlier. That's the exception, not the rule. No, I'm not saying you would have a scenario like we just saw this past year, where the team that drafts the quarterback number one overall still finishes dead last in the entire league. But point being, there's a high probability that one of those teams I just mentioned, if they were to make the trade and select Williams, it's still hard to see them winning a ton of games. So you're not only... Now, I'm not saying you would have a scenario like we just saw this past year where the team that drafts the quarterback number one overall still finishes dead last in the entire league, but point being, there would be a high probability that one of those teams I just mentioned, if they were to make the trade and select Williams, it's still hard to see them winning a ton of games this year. So you're not only getting yourself a 2025 first round pick, it's almost a lock that pick will be inside the top 10. As it stands right now, and I realize this is way extra early, given that we aren't even at the 2024 draft yet, the top quarterbacks for 2025 are projected as Shador Sanders, Carson Beck, Quinn Ewers. So if next offseason rolls around and the Bears have their eyes on one of those guys, they not only would likely have a pick high enough next year to select one of them, they also have the ability to make a trade if they needed to climb closer to the top in that 2025 draft. I'll close with this. I did not understand the decision to keep Eberflus when they announced it at the time. I remember thinking, you know, they're just saying that to say that. It is a formality. It's not some sort of binding contract if a front office shows support for their head coach it doesn't prevent them from firing the guy. And then when Mike Vrabel was fired by Tennessee, which I don't think any of us saw coming, I simply thought, okay, Chicago was the obvious landing spot. And admittedly, I jumped the gun and I'm texting my friends saying, hey, just watch. They said Eberflus is their guy, but that was before Vrabel was available for hire. 
Rabel to the Bears, mark it down. And you know what? That turned out to be flat wrong. And even though I thought, and still do by the way, that Vrabel would be a perfect fit for Chicago, I do think there's something to bringing back Eberflus for one more season that correlates to Fields getting one more season. And as a result, I also think it ensures Poles keeps his job beyond this season, regardless of how 2024 goes for the Bears. With the trade last year combined with what they would also get back this year if they traded that pick, this sets up to be one of the best, call it 12 to 14 month periods we've ever seen from a general manager. I know I'll be watching closely to see how it turns out, and whichever way this ends up going, we will revisit this one soon.